Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Doesn't that music just make you want to get up and dance? I'll tell you. what, Especially after a long night of an impeachment trial that stretched into the night again. Well, I'm John Solomon, and you're joining me on John Solomon Reports, the newest podcast from justthenews.com, a place where we give you news and facts. No spin, no noise, no conjecture, and definitely no opinion. And speaking of podcasts, my colleague, David Brody, the great CBN correspondent and Just the News contributor, started his uh, podcast yesterday with an incredible interview with Vice President Mike Pence. If you haven't had a chance to go listen to that, take the time, go subscribe. I love David's um, name for his podcast. It's called The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. You can find it on Stitcher and on iTunes and all the other places where podcasts are published. Uh, definitely take a listen to it. You will love to hear his interview and some very provocative comments by Vice President Pence about everything from impeachment and John Bolton to the Middle East peace plan. So very exciting. And uh, I'm welcome, David, to the Just the News family. We're so excited to have him aboard. I know we're going to get a lot of epic interviews with his great skill set on, uh, on our team. All right. So I want to talk to you today about a timeline problem that the Democratic House impeachment managers have. There is something that has been going on for some time uh, in the case that most Americans aren't hearing much about, but it's very interesting. It's a timeline disconnect between the House manager's argument and the uh, actual facts in the case. And this all centers on President Trump's alleged desire to have an investigation announced, or certainly Rudy Giuliani's desire to have an investigation announced of the Bidens in the summer of 2019. And when we get to that, and I give you the facts, I think you're going to see a slightly different perspective than what the media, and uh, quite frankly, even some of the trial evidence uh, that we've been focusing on has shown. Uh, But I think this is an important uh, factual thing to talk about. And uh, this timeline also raises another question, which is, what culpability might the NSC under John Bolton and the State Department under Mike Pompeo, what culpability might they have had in the months leading up to President Trump's now infamous call with uh, Ukraine President Zelensky? Uh, Stay tuned on that. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But before we do, there was a moment in the trial yesterday that I think was very important in terms of understanding what triggered all this. 
and uh, and the timeline. So Senator Susan Collins submitted a question to Chief Judge uh, Chief Justice Roberts uh, during the trial yesterday, and I think uh, listening to the question uh, could be really interesting. I think there there's a provocative uh, point behind it, and I think more importantly, uh, an interesting timeline that um, uh, particularly the Deputy White House Counsel Mr. Philbin pointed out. But let's listen to the question first. The question is to counsel for the president. Witnesses testified before the House that President Trump consistently expressed the view that Ukraine was a corrupt country. Before Vice President Biden formally entered the 2020 presidential race in April 2019, did President Trump ever mention Joe or Hunter Biden in connection with corruption in Ukraine to former Ukrainian President Poroshenko or other Ukrainian officials, President Trump's cabinet members or top aides or others? If so, what did the president say to whom and when? So that's a pretty insightful question from Senator Collins. And the deputy White House counselor, Mr. Filburn, uh, went on to say that he couldn't fully answer the question because the evidence that the House manager sent over didn't focus on this question. So there isn't publicly available or evidentiary available evidence in the record before the Senate that he could cite. But I do think there's a more important and interesting dynamic here that we could take a look at. Uh, and that is in the timeline. Sometimes it's very important to study timelines. All right, we're going to go to commercial break, pay the bills, and we'll be right back in a few seconds. Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need home title lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. We're just so grateful for everyone who supports this show. So all of our great sponsors, please support them. They make it possible for us to do this podcast every week. All right. Before the break, we talked about timelines and how important they are. You can learn a lot from behavior and the sequence of behavior that occurs in a timeline. So we do know that the President Trump had two conversations with President Poroshenko, one in 2017 and I believe one in early 2018, in which the uh, topic of corruption, endemic corruption, solving the problems in Ukraine that have been there for decades, uh, came up. And so it shows long before Joe Biden was involved in the 2020 election. I think he announced around April 25th, 2019. So uh, way before that, the president, President Trump, was already raising these questions of corruption. But the big issue for the president's timeline or this question is that the revelation that Joe Biden had pressured Ukraine's prosecutor to uh, fire Mr. Shokin, the general prosecutor, the attorney general of Ukraine, 
didn't come out until March of 2019. It came out for me. It was my article at the Hill, actually the night of the 30th of March and the uh, 1st of April, the revelation came out. And where did it come from? It came from a 2018 video I uncovered where Joe Biden himself admits that he did this. He says he went to Ukraine. He said you're, he told the president, then President Poroshenko, you're not getting a billion dollars of uh, USAID unless you fire Mr. Shokin. And as he said, son of a bee, remember that line? Uh, he got fired six months, uh, six hours later. Uh, that video didn't surface in the public uh, where the president and his team couldn't even know about it or the Congress or anyone until I wrote my story on around April 1st. And then within a few weeks, President Trump is on Hannity and says it's something that this whole issue should be looked at, should be investigated. He hopes Barr takes a look at these Ukraine corruption concerns that are out there. Um, so that's important. The, the president had very little time to know about it. But here's a more important thing. Going back to April of 2018, that's when I was first approached, both by people in the U.S. Justice Department and overseas, people friendly to Ukraine, telling me about the Biden episode, that he had leveraged USAID to try to uh, force the firing of a prosecutor who was overseeing an investigation of a company that hired Hunter Biden, Burisma Holdings. Uh, and all through that summer of 2018, I was doing reporting, and there were a lot of developments going on that uh, uh, hinted that the Ukrainians were frustrated by what Joe Biden had done and also uh, were frustrated uh, by other uh, controversies that were going on between the prosecutor's office, the FBI of Ukraine known as NABU, and, and the U.S. Embassy. It's very important that those three entities, the FBI of Ukraine known as NABU, the prosecutor's office, and our embassy work together effectively to fight corruption. But there was a lot of dysfunction going on. Some of it stemmed from the anger over the Biden interference in the Burisma investigation. Some of it stemmed from other probes that the Ukrainian prosecutors wanted to conduct, and the embassy told them to back off. One of those involved a group funded by George Soros and the U.S. Embassy. Prosecutors had some questions about its financing. The U.S. Embassy told them to back off. That's documented. It's public. You can see it in my timeline at johnsolomonreports.com. So uh, by the fall of 2018, there's a very important event. In the late summer and fall of 2018, these prosecutors became so concerned uh, about the mounting tensions between the embassy and Biden's intervention, that they hired an American lawyer, a U.S. attorney, a former U.S. attorney from the United States, to take a package of information, a package very similar to the one that Rudy Giuliani delivered to the State Department in April 2019. But this is fall of 2018, long before my story was public and long before the tape of Joe Biden was known about. Uh, they asked this U.S. attorney, retired, uh, now in private practice in America, to approach the Justice Department and try to uh, get this information to Attorney General Barr or to the U.S. attorney in New York, a guy named Berman, and see if it can be investigated. And what they wanted to see investigated was issues surrounding Hunter Biden's payments at Burisma and Joe Biden's intervention in firing the prosecutor who oversaw the case of Burisma. And uh, they also had some concerns about election interference uh, by some government officials in Ukraine back in the 2016 election. Uh, all of that they would like to have seen investigated. And first they went to the State Department, the prosecutor said, to try to get a visa, and our embassy turned them down. So they couldn't come to the United States and hand-deliver the information. 
But then uh, they hired a U.S. attorney, former U.S. attorney, former prosecutor, and that former prosecutor tried to get this information to the Justice Department October, November, December. And then very soon after that, when the Justice Department didn't appear to take any action, the same prosecutors reached out to Rudy Giuliani and uh, began providing him information. So what, it, what does it show? The timeline shows it was Ukrainians, not the president, first trying to get information to America uh, about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, about election interference, and that that process began way before the president had his phone call in July and way before even I wrote my stories. But my story, the one that broke on the night of March 30th and the morning of April 1st uh, about Joe Biden, <clears throat> was triggered by a very specific event. And that event was the reopening of the Burisma investigation in Ukraine three days earlier, March 28th. We're going to talk about that and why that's important. But as we head to the commercial break, think about one thing here. You have to ask yourself the question, if Ukrainian prosecutors were desperately trying to get information about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, our embassy, the uh, investigations that they thought were being thwarted, uh, first by going to the embassy and being turned down for a visa, then hiring a U.S. attorney, then approaching Rudy Giuliani, the president's attorney. You have to wonder, isn't that worth investigating? Wasn't it worth taking a look at, at least for a few seconds? That's a question senators will have to ponder uh, after hearing Senator Collins' question yesterday. But there's another timeline that may be more devastating to the House manager's argument. Uh, and it really centers on uh, the question of a Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Burisma investigation. Uh, if you listen to the manager's closing arguments summarized by Adam Schiff, the president in July 25th was trying to force Ukraine to start and or announce an investigation of Burisma. Let's go to Adam Schiff's uh, most compelling part of the argument on this. So you can hear exactly what he told senators in his closing arguments uh, the other day. Trump solicited the interference of a foreign government, Ukraine, in the 2020 election. That has been proved. He did so through a scheme or course of conduct that included soliciting the government of Ukraine to publicly announce investigations that would benefit his reelection, harm the election prospects of a political opponent, and influence the 2020 U.S. presidential election to his advantage. That has been proved. All right, so you heard Adam Schiff. He said the president was trying in July of 2019 to force Ukraine to publicly announce this investigation of Burisma and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Uh, that has been their line going all the way back to when the whistleblower complaint first surfaced in the fall of 2019 and the impeachment proceedings were immediately launched. But here is a problem with that argument. President Trump could not have forced Ukraine to have opened an investigation or to have announced it in July because back in February and March, Ukraine did it on its own. This is something that the media and the prosecutors in the case have repeatedly ignored. This is very important. It's irrefutable. It is sitting out in open. You can, don't have to take my word for it. You can go to my timeline and download the actual facts uh, 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 that show the dates and times and timestamps of this. But let's go back. It is in February of 2019. NABU, the agency I like to call the FBI of Ukraine, it's called the Anti-Corruption Bureau. They announced in February at a public news conference that they were urging 
the prosecutors of Ukraine to reopen the Burisma case, the case against Mr. Zolchevsky, Burisma Holdings, the company that had hired Hunter Biden. Uh, And they did so very publicly. It was in the multiple newspapers, Kev Post, Union, places like that. Uh, And I want to try to get you to the exact quote that um, Artem Sitnik said, because it it really is very clear that it's an announcement that they're planning to reopen the case. All right, so here's exactly what Artem Sitnik, the head of NABU, basically our FBI director of Ukraine, here's what he said. In one of the episodes of the cases involving Mr. Zotesky, detectives prepared a draft notice of suspicion It is now with the Special Anti-Corruption Prosecutor's Office. That occurred on February 8th. That's four or five months before President Trump had the conversation with President Zelensky. Why is that significant? NABU actually is a very independent agency. It was encouraged or created with the help of the U.S. government during the Obama years, during the time Joe Biden oversaw the uh, Ukraine-U.S. relationship. And even that agency, an agency that found its genesis in the Obama years, was very closely aligned with Joe Biden. Even that agency believed in the beginning of 2019 there was evidence and grounds to reopen the Burisma investigation, the very investigation that would look at Hunter Biden's payments into questions of money laundering in the company, into questions questions of corruption. And most recently, it was announced in Ukraine, they're also looking at the theft of Ukrainian state funds as part of that investigation. If NABU thought it was important enough to open it and announce it, you have to ask yourself, why wouldn't President Trump a few months later uh, ask the same question? Now, let's keep that timeline going. February 8th, NABU makes its recommendation. On March 28th, just a few days before I broke my Joe Biden story, the Ukraine prosecutor's office went ahead, in fact, and did file a draft notice of suspicion. This is a very public act. It tells everybody in Ukraine, we believe there's reason to investigate Burisma and Mr. Zolchevsky, its its founder, the man whose company hired Hunter Biden. It's filed in court, and then people like Mr. Zolchevsky and other witnesses are ordered to be ready to be uh, interrogated or uh, questioned at a later date. This was very public as well. It was in the newspapers and in the media in Ukraine. So President Trump could not possibly have asked Ukraine to announce something or start something it already had done months before on its own. That is so important. NABU initiates the recommendation to reopen Burisma, and the prosecutor general's office follows through February, March 2019, three, four, five months before Donald Trump ever has an inkling to raise the issue with President Zolchevsky. If The Ukrainian government thought it was important enough to reopen the investigation. I think senators have to raise the question for themselves. Why was it inappropriate for the president to follow up on that question? Uh, That's something you can ponder as we go to the commercial break. We'll be back in a few seconds. Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you notice you got those wrinkles and large under-eye bags. You rummage through your bag thinking, where's my secret weapon? And there it is. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just minutes. It's the Valentine's gift you give yourself. Go to triplexiderm.com and enter voices, that's V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com for 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter Voices, V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com to get 50% off 
plucks an extra 10 bucks off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention the code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so get to my special discount. Enter VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com. Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need home title lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. All right, back to wrap things up today. Uh, as I said, today's all been about timelines, and that's a very important factual thing that journalists should do more of. Put together facts in a timeline so that people, the readers, uh, can get a sense of the sequence of events, the motives of people, the timing of related decisions. And so we've talked about a couple of timelines today. The first is one that hasn't been talked about much in the media. The Ukrainian prosecutors themselves were trying to get information to America about Joe Biden, about other corruption, about dysfunction between the U.S. Embassy and the prosecutor general's office in Ukraine that was hampering the fight on corruption all the way back in the fall of 2018, before Rudy Giuliani got involved and long before the president raised the issue with President Zelensky in summer 2019. So if Ukrainians were concerned about it, it seems logical that Americans might share that concern at some point. So that's one important timeline. The second important timeline is the investigation that the president allegedly was seeking in July of 2015 had already been opened three, four months earlier organically in Ukraine by the FBI of Ukraine, known as NABU, the National Anti-Corruption Bureau, and by the prosecutor general's office. This occurred before the president as far as we know, based on the evidence in the public, did anything to try to get an investigation announced or started. And I think that timeline poses a very difficult problem for the House manager's case as the senators look back. Now, there's one other timeline I'd like to take a look at. Uh, and I'd like to leave, this, leave you with these facts so that you can decide for yourself uh, what you think about this. We now know from all the witnesses that have testified in the House impeachment proceedings that there were lots of people at the John Bolton National Security Council and at Mike Pompeo State Department at the embassy in Ukraine and in the Ukraine Specialist uh, Division in Washington. It is clear that everybody knew in the spring and summer of 2019 that President Trump might be seeking, or certainly his lawyer Rudy Giuliani might be seeking, an investigation. Uh, into Burisma and corruption and other issues and in, uh, interference in the 2016 election. They not only knew about it, they said they were deeply concerned about it. That's their testimony. So here's a question back to those bureaucrats at the NSC under John Bolton and, uh, and at the State Department under Mike Pompeo. 
and under the ambassadors that run the embassy in Ukraine, if you knew the president was concerned, why didn't you tell them about the public developments that had occurred in Ukraine in February and March that the investigation he appeared to be concerned about had already been opened and had been formally announced in February and March? It appears senators may have some evidence in this timeline that the NSC and the State Department are the ones who let the president down by not letting him know that the very investigation, the very issues he was asking about, inquiring about, were actually already under investigation. That's something pretty serious to think about as officials talk about uh, bringing John Bolton in. The senator considers that. John Bolton's NSC could have solved a lot of problems by just simply telling the president, hey, boss, you don't need to worry about this. It's already underway. It happened back in February. Everything is good and we'll stay on top of it. There's no evidence that happened. And that's a sort of letdown that government agencies appear to have done for this president. I'm John Solomon, and you're listening to John Solomon Reports, where we give you the facts without the noise. Um, we'll be back next week. I think we'll have a couple big guests next week. I'm excited to do some big interviews and maybe break some news on the podcast. So stay tuned. We'll be talking to a lot of big names over the next few months. I really appreciate you joining me on this journey. John Solomon Reports. Check out justthenews.com. We're a couple of weeks away from launching. And don't forget my, my good colleague and friend, David Brody. Download Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody so that you can check out what he's talking about. His interview with VP Mike Pence is epic. Don't miss it. All right, we'll be back to you next week. Until then, have a great weekend. Calling all coffee drinkers. If you've been trying to enhance your daily coffee routine, then Quest has got your back with their brand new iced coffees. Now available in two delightfully delicious flavors that'll be sure to add an extra pep in your step. Vanilla latte and mocha latte. Quest has been on a mission to help fuel you with protein-forward foods you'll love. Each bottle of Quest iced coffee is packed with 200 milligrams of caffeine, the same amount as two cups of regular coffee, plus 10 grams of protein per serving to help you supercharge your day. And did I mention that they only contain one gram of sugar? It might just be time to cheat on your iced coffee with iced coffee. Find Quest iced coffees on Amazon.com slash Quest Nutrition. That's Amazon.com slash Quest Nutrition.